Hello and welcome to BWB Extra, where we continue our conversation with author, journalist and political commentator, Grace Blakely. All right, let's get let's go back to the start. Yeah, okay. let's, let's let's wind the clock back. Right, yeah, 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 very I have good. to say wind the clock. Back. <laughs> I was gonna, not going to use it, but you get upset when I don't say. It's no, the, no, it's, it's fine. You know what? People have that t- anyway. Uh, <laughs> how did you end up doing what you're doing? So I am um, I'm an author. Oh, that's my good. main source of income, and my, what I spend most of my time doing uh, is writing books. So I've written two books already. I've got a new book coming out next year, which I've kind of just finished writing. It's being edited and copy edited and all that sort of stuff. So I do that. I write books about capitalism, basically. I also do a lot of kind of media appearances. So you know, I go on Question Time and Politics Live and all that sort of top stuff. Podcasts, yeah, and top podcasts, of course. Talk about the day's affairs and, and that sort of more like directly political stuff. And yeah, so I'm kind of, you know, mixed between writing and, and What's media. The, your last book was How the Pandemic Will Change Capitalism. Yeah, that was just a short one I wrote during the, the pandemic. What are you working on right now? So this one um, is called, we actually came up with the title really late because there were big disagreements on what the title should be. Anyway. We, you're, you're a team. Me and my publisher, because ah, okay. they've bought the book. So they basically get to tell me what it's going to be called. And I was like, I want it to be this. And they were like, no, that's boring. No one's going to pick it up. We want it sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be called Vulture Capitalism, Ooh. which is, you know. <laughs> and it's going to have a naked woman on the cover. Yeah. It might it's, do, it's, yes. It's attacking already. That would be incredibly anti-feminist. It should be a naked no, man I'm on the cover. No, I'm just saying if somebody's going to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, true. You know. anyway, anyway, we've really lost the plot. But we have some top tips of uh, printing ideas there for your we, book. Right, we thank you. were going down the route of how did you end up doing Oh, how did I end up doing what I was doing? So I started, I did my degree at Oxford, did politics, philosophy and economics, along with all of the kind of worst people in our political system. Yes. Exactly. And then I started working for a think tank. I was in an intern at a think tank for a bit. Um, and that was actually doing stuff around like local economics and local politics. Then I went to work for KPMG, actually, for like less than a year uh, doing consulting Yeah, for their government and healthcare practice, which I was not particularly good at. I'm not, again, you know, ADHD, not very good in big organizations. Big picture, it's too detailed. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's I'm say on the same that. Page. Yeah, yeah. So didn't do that for very long. I then went to work for IPR, which was a thing. Like, I really enjoyed working there, actually. I stayed there for three years, I think, doing lots of reports. And that's where I started doing media. It's where I started doing interviews and like doing more journalistic writing. Eventually got the offer to write a book, took some time off, wrote the book. The book did well, started doing lots more media. So, you know, things just basically took off and it was during the kind of, you know, 2017 to 2019 period where socialism was suddenly fun again. So lots of people wanted my opinion. Suddenly fun again. Yeah. Uh, Have you got a long-term goal? My long-term goal, I I like to think about what I do really as trying to change the way that people think about capitalism and trying to change the way that people think about the economy. So for me, the goal is get the ideas that I'm trying to push out in as many hands as possible. And at the moment, that looks like writing books, but it also looks like longer term, you know, potentially taking that onto different forms of media, like trying to get young people particularly engaged with some of these ideas. And yeah, you know, just to kind of expanding my reach, really. What's the most misunderstood thing about what you do? I think people underestimate how hard it is to write a book and overestimate how hard it is to go on TV. We all think we could write a book if we just had enough yeah. time to do it. <laughs> it's very challenging to write a good book. What's the hardest thing about writing a book? Keeping everything together in your head. So it's, you know, you know, you can write you an article. You need a whiteboard, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You can write an article and everyone thinks, oh, if I can write an article, I can write 10 articles where I can write a book. But actually having like the argument and the structure and being able to keep those ideas together in your head, coming back to them all the time in every 
every section, every paragraph to making sure you're really driving home that key point. It's hard. I always found, like, writing a dissertation, I kind of thought, I've got this great argument and it's and it it's can't falls be really to pieces. Good. And then it sort of falls yeah. to exactly it falls to pieces and there's nothing really there when you well, get right into and it. And when you like, push yourself, it's so true. Yeah. yeah. You Actually, I, there's only a few times I've heard authors who I think it's Agatha Christie was one of the people who could do it, that she would didn't know what the end of the story was, and she'd sit down and she'd write. And three days later she'd or a week later she'd finish her a books book. Are, sh- are they are they shit? I've never <laughs> yes. read one. But I mean, you know I mean characterization is not really non existent in them. Yeah, yeah. And also they're I mean, just the stories, are aren't they? And I sit down to tell my kid a story at night and sometimes I get really into it. And then as you say, I forget where I am in it and all the details. Now I just have to finish it. And like and then the farmer just said, Oh, I can't be doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what what are you most excited about? What am I most excited about? For your career. God. Um, I suppose I'm pretty excited about my next book coming out. Yeah, I mean, that, like the process of writing a book is a nightmare. Having it come out is really fun because for about a year, you're doing events everywhere. You know, I've got book deals in dozens you're of countries. You're the toast of the town. Yeah, so you're going all around the world. You're meeting loads of people, talking about ideas, doing interviews. You're just talking about this thing that you've created. After a while, it gets a bit boring, but initially it's really fun. That's better than music. I find by the time you release, and Dee, I agree with this, and you're a musician, by the time you release an album, then... Yeah, you hate all the songs. You're just so (laughs) bored of it. And then people are like, oh, I really like that album. You're like, yeah, whatever. And I guess if you were a big artist, you might then tour and talk about your album. But in a way, you don't talk about your album that much. You just go play music sort of thing. So by the end of a book, you're not sick of it. You're glad it's over. You're quite happy to chat about it. Maybe. I think, I I would say it's about a year after the book's actually come out, you're sick of it by then. Maybe six months, depending on how much you like it. Um, I'm not sick about of, of this book yet, and I've nearly finished it. Maybe I will be by the time it comes out, but no, I'm, I'm still really excited about it, actually. What's your biggest fuck-up? So, probably, actually, and this comes down to the big picture versus detail thing. In my first book, I had a couple of little, you know, like, factual errors and, like, stuff that was wrong and that wasn't double-checked. And because I was, you know, this, I didn't have a lot of resources behind the book, but I was growing on social media. So a lot of people were looking really hard at what I was doing. This is how to save the world from finalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like took me apart online for, you know, like some... On page 63. Literally, literally that. that you've missed, you know. Yeah, so that was quite annoying. Luckily, you know, they all came out very quickly and we managed to do a reprint within a few months that had all the errors corrected. So it wasn't too much of a big deal. But it was like, you know, awkward and embarrassing. Mm. It's horrible to be wrong, isn't it? Yeah, but you know what? It's a good lesson because you're always going to be wrong about something. It's always hard though when it's your own, like your own creation. Yeah. That's wrong. I thought you, I guess it was the start of your career so you don't get to just hand it to someone to do the really, really boring Yeah, I was like 20... Four, the publisher three, says, when I writing you've that, checked yeah. all of this, yeah? And yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly, yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't more wrong with it, to be honest. <laughs> What's your passion outside of work? Again, uh, the same as my vice, so surfing. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's such a cool thing yeah, to very be cool. I'm passionate really about. bad at it. Like, let's just, let's just, you know, get that I think clear. everyone is, it, yeah. aren't they? Isn't it's like really the hard, <laughs> but I love it. It's great. Whenever anybody says surfing to me, I immediately think of... Sharks, that's what no, I think No, I think of. of that film with... Point Break. Point Break. I love that film. It's so fun. That's what I think about. But my problem is, because I watch George, I can't do the paddling with my legs dangling with my head above the water. <laughs> I don't care what 
what country I'm in, even England. Just my legs like, are going to disappear. Something's going to come for you. There's going to be a little tug from yeah. the I see. I have to get out of the water so I could never surf. Yeah, and fair. also, you're a huge attraction. You know, if, you, if you're in the right part of the world, great yeah. whites love those seal-looking California, things. Australia, South Africa... You're, you're in a bit of danger. Oh my God. I haven't surfed in any of those places, but... There's yeah. a guy who studies sharks. He gets a surfboard and he puts a hole in it and he puts a camera in the thing looking downwards and he reels it out on a massive uh, fishing line. And this is in South Africa. Yeah. And he's all guys studies. So you get this footage of great whites hitting this thing. Wow. And so it's dark. It's like a really good camera, but it's dark. And then you just see this. Thing. Oh my God. The you see this thing and it comes so fast. Yeah. And the mouth. And you're like, think it's a seal. oh my God, I have yeah. never swimming in that water, you know, ever. Anyway. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark. Straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com. What's the worst advice you've ever been given? Oh God, yeah. So when I was at school, everyone used to say, oh, you're really good at arguing, so you should become a lawyer. I would have been a terrible lawyer because, again, the attention to detail thing. And actually, a lot of lawyers don't, you know, I'm don't actually argue. Yeah, I don't do a lot of arguing. Yeah, exactly. You're especially now when you're doing solicitoring and barristering, and it's yeah. you know, and you know what I do because I'm a corporate lawyer. So even when I'm like, if I'm selling or buying a company for somebody, everybody wants to get to the same place. They all want slightly different things because yeah. they want to buy it for as cheaply as possible. And these people want to sell so it you're, for as yeah, much as possible. you're mediating. You're not But like, you're all actually trying to do the same thing. Yeah. So it's not really, there's nothing really to argue about. Yeah. I mean, so that was not a very good piece of advice for me. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? The best piece of advice I've ever been given. I think the one that I come back to most when I'm trying to make a decision is just, my mum always used to say to me, just trust your gut. And I think that's like just the most important thing, you know, in any decision-making process. Because you can write lists and analyze any problem for God knows how long. But if you're actually in touch with what you want and you really, you know, can ground yourself in that like intuition, I think that's the, the most important thing. What advice would you give your younger self? What advice would I give my younger self? I think get a hobby. <laughs> I would have liked it if I'd started doing the surfing earlier because to be honest, for you most did music, of my... that was your hobby. But I wasn't, I worked so hard. I was just obsessed from about the age of 22 to I think like 28. I was just like, I didn't listen to my parents' advice when they were like, just be happy. I was like, no, I need to succeed. I need to prove myself. I need to prove everyone wrong. I'm going to listen to all the things that everyone's saying about me and I'm going to take them to heart and I'm going to, you know, I'll do show everything. these people what exactly. an expelled person can exactly. do. Exactly. And it's good because I achieved a lot, but I've gotten to this point in my life now and I'm like, I didn't focus on my relationships. I didn't focus on myself. I didn't have anything else going on. It was just work, 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 right, right, right. Go on the media, put myself in such stressful situations all the time. I felt like I was constantly on edge for a lot of that time. Um, and it wasn't good for me. And it just made me like, you know, a shell of a person, really. When I think about when it was the worst. It feels like you're having a midlife crisis a I little bit early. I'm 100% having a midlife crisis. You're very young, Mary. And I could imagine, this is the chat. I can almost imagine it out on the waves on the circle. <laughs> you with the lad saying, you know, I just, I just, I just work too much. And they were like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. People work too much. It's like, Cal Cal the only California in Britain, I always think is Cornwall. Because when you yeah. do get down to Cornwall, it has that vibe. Yeah. Like, man, chill out, man, you know. 
recommendations on what to read, what to watch, what to listen to. I mean, to. obviously, my own books. Absolutely. <laughs> you can get them on in all good bookstores. There's an audio book, which I read myself oh, nice. hilariously. Um, the next one's coming out next year, obviously. Oh, you do it in a hilarious manner? or you just No, mean... just like it's funny to that listen to myself so read it. That must have been so much fun to do. It was bizarre. It's actually so difficult to just sit there and read something. It is, you've got ADHD. Yeah, you just trip over your words all the time and you go too fast. You go to, oh, it's just a nightmare. But anyway, it's there. It's available. But no, okay, so other stuff. Uh, my, a, a friend of mine, we're talking about, we've talked about climate change. Um, Michaela Loach has just released this great book called It's Not That Radical about climate breakdown. And she's this amazing activist who has done loads of work on, you know, campaigning and all this sort of stuff in the UK. And she's she's got this book out, which I think everyone should read. And it's really, you know, simple and easy to connect with. Podcast? Podcast. Oh yeah, everyone should check out. If you want a kind of easy to listen to summary of, you know, socialist stuff going on in the UK, Navara Media is great. They do a lot of kind of podcasts and audio and visual content and stuff. Um, and they get loads of interesting guests on and whatever. So that's kind of like you know, socialism 101. Obviously, also, I write for Tribune magazine. Um, so Tribune in the UK, definitely check us out. Uh, this is like, Tribune was like an old magazine that was for the the socialists back in, you know, the 1930s and kind of, you know, stopped really being released for a while. And it was then bought up again recently and we kind of relaunched it and grew it. And it's now you know, got this kind of community around it and it's about news from the labour movement, news from the left, opinion, like all this sort of stuff. So definitely worth checking that out. And if you want to, subscribing. I find the bipartisan thing just, I think it's almost, we talk about the structural problems of democracy or economics, but I don't think we talk about, you know, this basic problem that of having red or blue or left or right or anything. You know, the reason I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I want to be in the middle because... You know, I think we all need to be a bit like if you start any conversation with the point of view is I hate rich. I'm just going to be crass, but I hate rich people or I hate poor people or I think this or I think that, you know, we'll never solve this world because we need to be humans. We need to basically we, you know, climate change, I hope, brings us eventually all together because I think eventually it will. People will die and die and die until we all sit down at the fucking table and say, right, Let's sort this shit out, you know? And no red or red, left or right shit, you know? But I don't think either side would describe themselves in that way. No, but I just think, I just think, don't take a side. The best way you get to the middle is by having people articulate opinions on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> Otherwise, you get this kind of faux centrism, right? Which is what, you know, people like Keir Starmer say they're going to do. It's like, oh, I'm just going to go and des design this policy based on what a couple of people in a focus no, group told me. No, but can't we just take question, one middle. question at a time and stop worrying about whether it's left or right and try and come up with the right answer and you would end up with something that isn't necessarily evil. By the way, do you know where the whole idea of left and right comes from? Yes. Oh, well, yeah, that's a... Re go on, tell us. Uh, well, I think it's from the... Well, not really Parliament, but the Assembly in oh, during the French Revolution and the, the various different factions in the French Revolution stood on different sides of the, the chamber. chamber. Yeah. Oh, but this is the left so and right. So it's, right. it's right. all the French. It's all the four of the French again. So that was this week's episode of BWB Extra. And we'll be back tomorrow with our finale for the week, the business or bullshit quiz. Stay tuned.